Like, I know a few people. My wife got bullied in secondary school. And she, you know, tells me of all of her experiences and this and that. It's just mind-blowing. Like, I can't believe you went through all of that. At the same time, I was having the best time of my life. Once you leave secondary school, it's kind of like you... For some people, or maybe even for myself, you kind of... You remain, you, rem- you remain in contact with the people that you care about and the people that you want to remain in contact with. But then a lot of negative experiences, you kind of just leave it in a suitcase and just keep it stepping and try to not really think about it too much sometimes. Um, at least that, that w- that's the way I think about it sometimes. Um, Saturday. Suleiman. How was your week, bro? My week was all right. But tomorrow, but tomorrow <laughs> we're going back to my sixth form, William Morris, with Team Upside. So Suleiman's gonna be able to see for himself <laughs> the trenches. <laughs> yeah, so I'm looking forward to that because I haven't been back for two years because last year was COVID. Um, the year before that, the year before that I went because um, usually they do every year they do something called Self Development Day or something like that where they bring in like loads of different organisations um, and they get people to just yeah talk talk to the people in sixth form. It's cool because I remember when I was a student there and you get where different people i remember like there was this day where you come in and there were people doing yoga and there were people doing like acting or drama like for this wednesday people doing poetry workshops bare different things so yeah man it's cool to yeah be a part of that so that's something cool to what about you yeah i'm excited for that so uh, next week or like our next episode we can reflect on how it went <laughs> i feel like saturday's giving me the context <laughs> of the school and like the type of students that go there and um should be character building for the organization <laughs> and uh yeah man i think for the type of organization that team upside is in-person activities and in-person projects is just the best because you're able to really see the person that you're trying to help and you're able to like build some sort of relationship and connection with the young people that you're trying to help um so yeah i'm looking forward to that and then one other thing Sadadi mentioned that loki went uh two years yeah, ago because yeah. loki the rapper the political activist was an alumni from his sixth form. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited to follow in those footsteps. <laughs> Where's Low King? <laughs> I'm not coming. <laughs> <laughs> right, you better be there tomorrow, though. Um, yeah, nah, man, we got some very illustrious alumni. I can't lie. Yeah. Very good people. Yeah. Now, nah, me and I think me and Zishan are the most important alumni from our secondary. <laughs> 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 I think it's you, bro. I think it's you, bro. <laughs> Um, no, so Wikipedia page, not a more alumni. Zishan <laughs> Malik, that's the first person that's coming up. Um, yeah, yeah, when's, when's Team Upside coming to our school? That's a good, uh, good question. I think, what do you call it? I, I went to the school two years ago, two, three years ago, and um, can't lie, they haven't been in contact since. <laughs> <laughs> so, so soon, 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 soon. Um, <laughs> what is it? We'll call you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you call it? On. on my highlight of the week or highlight of the day there's something that comes to mind and it is based off the last episode or one of the last episodes that were dropped on the youtube channel um with ashraf and ashraf mentioned in uh, in the episode how his small acts of resistance is smiling so um i think today yeah the weather was like proper proper down like everyone i saw like on campus or just around london was just looked bare depressed and <laughs> like looked, looked bare upset so I wanted to test out the theory in it and just like, yeah, do my own little social experiment in my head. So I remember just walking and just smiling at people. <laughs> Not like, I wouldn't go out to people and just smile, but if I was walking and we caught eyes, then I would just smile. And I can't lie, man, like people, people responded well to it, man. Yeah. Like, people were smiling back. People, it, people did take notice. And I think 
yeah, Ashraf is a G, man. He, he's, he's, um, he's got, a, I think that's a pearl of wisdom, in, in my opinion, based on my experiences so far. But obviously, if you try to do it, and uh, <laughs> the outcome isn't what you expected, <laughs> yeah, you don't try to chat to us, innit? Um, <laughs> that happens so many times. You know, you smile at people, they yeah. smile back, it's yeah. happy days, but when you smile at them, yeah. and they give you cuts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, but yeah, Zishan, chat to us, man. How was your week, bro? Um, my week was quite good, to be honest. Pretty, pretty straightforward. I was just working nine to five. That's what my life is. The highlight of my week would probably be when we went go-karting. Yes. Friday, we went go-karting. And it was sick, man. I love go-karting. I've been a couple of times before. And um, yeah, just with the boys, chilling. And then we went for food afterwards as well. I had a great time, man. I love I love it. Obviously, this one's being very humble, isn't it? He's <laughs> being very humble. He's not telling us the details. That was the best. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? What was your lap time, bro? I don't remember. It was um, it was 30, 39 seconds. But it was just 39 seconds. Man, <laughs> remember that <laughs> off the top <laughs> of his head, man. What's the decimal point, though? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> no, I'm not going to lie. 39.6. <laughs> Average is 40 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's crazy. How many, me- how many like, what was the, the meters? Was it 800 meters or something? I don't know. I'm not sure, to be honest, but I know that um, the average across everyone who does the lap is around... 40 seconds, a little over 40 seconds. Okay, so, so you mashed it. Bear in mind, yeah. I'm not going to tell you what my one was, but it was nowhere close <laughs> to that. Were you lost? Yeah, yeah, I was lost. It was his first we'll time, though, man. It was, <laughs> it was his first time. He's never driven before. Yeah. He's never, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. yeah. You should be proud of yourself, mate. <laughs> 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 I said I got the participation award. Uh, yeah, that was sick. Time, man. It was sick, it was sick. It was definitely... What kind of driver are you? Um... I love driving, man. I love driving. I can be quite reckless sometimes. I'm really safe. I won't do anything which I'm not comfortable doing. But um, like, if I have an opportunity to go fast, I will go fast. But I will do it safely. Like I'm comfortable. I won't do anything where I think, oh, if I do this, I might something might happen. I'll never do that. But out of all of our friends, I feel like I'm probably the one who's more comfortable going fast and being <laughs> a little bit more reckless. I think. You know, Top Gear, how they do the. Yeah, yeah. The how the do you think you're doing that? I think I do really good, man. (laughs) 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 Thank you for asking. (laughs) I've been waiting for this moment. That's a good question. More questions like that. (laughs) Yeah, listen, keep them coming. Keep them coming, lads. These are the questions I came for. (laughs) Uh, What's your your dream car? My dream car is an Audi RS7. My cousin's cousin's got it, and I just looked at it. It's so beautiful, man. Mm. I'll show you a picture later on, but... What a beautiful car, like black, Audi RS7. It's fast, it's comfortable, nice interior. Oh my days, inshallah you, one day. If you can get any interior, what color would it be? What material? I can't lie, just black, just black leather seats, I think. I wouldn't go for red. I feel like that's a little bit old school. I don't know, in my opinion, but just black. I love black, Out, outside black, inside black. Classy, simple, even my clothes. Like I won't wear blue jeans, I wear black jeans. Yeah. yeah. I hide my blue jeans. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Wait, yeah. stop, wait, stop. Wait. <laughs> no, that's that's what, ki- what kind of what kind of driver were you when you drove today, man? But what on the, the go karting? <laughs> slow, <laughs> slow and steady boys. <laughs> no, nah, the nah, first couple of laps I was slow and steady because <laughs> my first time go karting, I was just like but everyone was going at full speed, bro. Forty miles an hour, very mm. close to each other. I think everyone experienced a few bumps and a few like do you know what I mean? Like um so yeah, but some more than others. Some more than others. <laughs> I think everyone <laughs> had yeah. a great race. <laughs> <laughs> I crashed into you one time and I felt so bad. Yeah. It was like going up the ramp. I just hit you and then I went ahead. And nah, I, I remember. I, I walked into I walked into the the go karting place thinking this is easy, man. This is this is <laughs> this is gonna be the most light thing I've done in my life because obviously I've been on bumper cars, you know, in fun fairs and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I'm always doing my thing on the bumper cars, but 
next time, innit? To be continued. We'll go um, again soon, man. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to pick up on you being a risk taker. <laughs> you being a risk taker. Tell me, like, tell me about a time. Well, tell me about a time where you feel like you've you've taken a risk that you're. Yeah, tell me a time where you feel like you've exemplified that kind of risk taker mentality. Um, risk taker mentality. I don't know. I wouldn't do anything I'm not comfortable doing in the first place. Yeah. But to other people, that would be considered as taking a risk. Like someone, someone who's different to me might be like some things I do in life. Like obviously, less the example we've been talking about driving rec- mm. recklessly. They think it's a little bit of a risk, but I'm comfortable doing it. Yeah. Other scenarios might include like money. Mm. I would say I'm quite to the average person more riskier with money. Like my where I invest money and things like that. Mm. A normal person wouldn't invest probably that much or um, even at all. So I'd say I'm more comfortable taking those risks. You know what it is? Because Zishan, I don't know, I haven't said this on a podcast yet, but because Zishan is my friend from secondary school, yeah, I've just got bare stories in my head, yeah, of like you being risky, like two come to mind straight away. Number one, year 11. So before we had three periods, me, Zishan and our friend Ratchet, we bunked period five, went to the high street, went to stakeout, and we were just munching. You know, we were just munching the stakeout, like, all of them lot are boys. Like, them lot are in class right now, but we're sitting out here in steak. You get it? We're kings, we're kings, we're kings. Um, And then the second experience is like, this was quite recently, but potentially this is, I don't want to say it's a legend, it's a legend. (laughs) But we jumped into school, like, over the fences and just, like, walked around the the campus of our secondary school at night. Um, And we were just, like, just... Yeah, just reflecting on our time there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you did it. Style it out. You did it. Really, it was an exercise in retrospection, really. I mean, <laughs> it was an exercise in retrospection. That was good. We went steakhouse. We also bunked to go Nando's one time yeah, as well, yeah, us three. Yeah. Um, and I've jumped over the school fence a couple of times. <laughs> I'm not gonna See, I can definitely verify that. Joke. Sadadeen, would you say you're a risk, t- uh, risk taker? I think so, man. Yeah, I think so. I think the reason is... In my early part of my life here, I've s- like I feel like I've witnessed the consequences of like things going wrong, so I kind of got used to that as like that's the neutral. So for me, if things do go wrong, usually I'm like prepared to just deal with the consequences. Like right, cool, that's calm. I'm I'm that's that's meant to happen anyway, or like I'm okay with that. So I think that's why. But um, you reminded me of something when you said stakeout. Yeah, when we was in speaking of William Morris, when I, when we were at William Morris. My friend H here, <laughs> he had, I don't know how, but he had like bare Pizza Express vouchers here yeah, that lasted for semen like the whole year. So, bruv, every lunch we'd just go Pizza Express <laughs> and just order bare things. That's sick. And then we'd go, we'd always have business after. And we'd go into business, yeah, with like a box of pizza, like leftover pizza. And we're just munching it in class. Wait, for free or for bro, discount? For free, bro. Oh, we didn't uh, pay nothing. Yeah. And then I remember the one time, yeah, this was the, obviously the last time we went Pizza Express, yeah. He tried to use the pizza voucher again, yeah? And obviously, we run off a mad tab. <laughs> and then they were like, no, nah, we're not doing that no more. And the, oh. pe- the look on his face, bro, he's like, try again. You know, like, the idea, when you get so used to not paying for food, the idea of paying for food is mad. It's like, bro, what yeah. do you mean pay for this? Yeah, yeah it was crazy. Though. Everyone started thinking, like, why did I order that? Like brownie and ice cream. <laughs> like I shouldn't. I should have just stopped. <laughs> I should have just stopped. <laughs> no, fuck. But yeah, man, that was those were good times. Yeah, yeah, there's that feeling of like no one else is eating that pizza express like me because <laughs> everyone else is in the canteen, yeah. isn't it? Eating fish and chips or whatever. <laughs> no, you think you're a G? Yeah. Oh, what about you? Would you say you're a risk? 
Go on, what are you going to say? Oh, actually, no, that's a better question. Go on, Suleiman, would you say you're a risk taker? <laughs> well, that's a, I'm a risk taker. Uh, I don't know if I describe myself as a risk taker. I don't think that's like one of the first qualities or characteristics that I think come to mind when I like think about how others would describe me or how I would describe myself. But I would say that I, I admire risk takers and I think being a risk taker is something I want to be more of because... Obviously, calculated risks, all of that, all of that. But being a risk taker, it's just kind of like it's part of that excitement of life in a way. And it's kind of that sense of not caring too much about the consequences or like really putting the consequences into perspective. I think that for me is something that I admire and something that I try to do as much as possible because in most cases, nothing is too deep. And when, when you kind of start with that, beginning with that foundation that nothing there are there are only a few things that i would consider to be very deep it kind of just opens up so many possibilities for you right like so many different opportunities kind of come out of nowhere th that were previously invisible to you um so that's how i would answer that question how do you think your friends including me including other people from secondary school would have described you like you in year seven you in year eight year nine year ten year eleven year twelve year thirteen like from that entire secondary school period how would you think your friends would describe you? And would those descriptions change over time or would they be remain quite constant? Um, good looking. <laughs> Obviously, from year seven, that would that remains constant. That wouldn't change over time. Uh, I think they describe me as quite sensible. I think out of all of our friends, I'm the most. <laughs> so you're the best driver. You're the most sensible. <laughs> nice. Right, speaking facts, speaking facts. Back speaking in facts. the day, back in the day, I feel like in secondary school, I was the most so one, sensible one. Everyone was crazy, including Solomon. Nah, listen. <laughs> this is PG. This is going to be the so explosion <laughs> Solomon episode. Nah, nah, PG, PG, PG. Quite, yeah, sensible, kind, mm. reliable, loyal. All the good. <laughs> That's my only weakness is that I'm too perfect. I'm a perfectionist. Nah, 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 nah. Um, I don't know. It's hard to think of a negative that your friends would describe you as. That's like, true. I don't know, Salomon. What negative would you say your friends would say? Nah, bro, come on, man. It's not a negative thing. Um, <laughs> constructive. Um, yeah, man, I would... The thing is, like, Zishan's not even capping that. Like, based on my experience, he is definitely all of those things he just mentioned. And I would have thought of him in that light during secondary school. Um... I'm just interested to know that. Like, to what extent do you think you've changed then, like in terms of like, or do you feel, like, and maybe you haven't. Maybe those those principles are principles you've kind of grown up with. Um, young, like. To be honest, I don't think I've changed that much. Like everyone matures a little bit, but I feel like I was already quite mature in secondary school. Why do you think that is? Why do you think you were? I'm um, just looking looking at the people around you. They would do things I wouldn't, and they've changed so much from secondary school to now. Like you, for example you're like you've you're a completely different person to how you were in secondary school um so you've obviously like matured loads ibrahim Qasim, all these guys have matured so much i feel like i've not changed that much to be honest i feel like i'm still the same person same values same morals i think mostly the same obviously little th little things change but that comes with growing up but um everything else is the same man what would you what would you attribute that to the fact that you've kind of remained the same and you you started off or you early days quite um mature. i would say obviously upbringings everything isn't it upbringings everything i've got i've got a sister i've got a younger brother my mom you know raised me so i feel like i've been brought up well alhamdulillah to know when going into second school i know what to do what not to do what obviously having fun's having fun but like for example 
Second in secondary school there was a lot of a lot of bullying and a lot of bullying. Some people had the best secondary school experience, like me, Alhamdulillah. I loved it, man. My secondary school, I think of it, I get nostalgic. My secondary school experience, Alhamdulillah, was amazing. I can't even imagine people who don't have a good secondary school experience. But there are loads of people like that, man. Um, so the people around me, obviously, some of, at the time, they weren't, you know, you witness bullying in secondary school, innit? But I was obviously never that person even some people do it unintentionally um but now obviously look they've grown up a lot looking back they they look at themselves and think oh i shouldn't have done that so they've matured in that sense but me i feel like at the time i knew you know this is right this is wrong i've always had the same values alhamdulillah and yeah mainly to do with upbringing my siblings like i know a few people my wife got bullied in secondary school and she, you know, tells me of all of her experiences and this and that. It's just mind-blowing. Like, I can't believe you went through all of that. At the same time, I was having the best time of my life. So it's crazy. And obviously, you know, you know guys in secondary school, they're so young with their friends. They make jokes, this, that, but they don't know how it can um, affect the person. Mm, quite yeah. serious. No, no, no. For all, like, it's, it's, it's very, very... Yeah, it's a very... Not underrated, but it's something that's quite unspoken. That's the way that I think about it. It's once you leave secondary school, it's kind of like you, for some people, or maybe even for myself, you kind of, you remain, you, rem you remain in contact with the people that you care about and the people that you want to remain in contact with. But then a lot of negative experiences, you kind of just leave it in a suitcase and just keep it stepping and try to not really think about it too much sometimes. Um, at least that, that that's the way I think about it sometimes. Um, I wanted to ask both of you, if you could go back to secondary school, and change one thing about your character, what would it be? I'm trying to distinguish like personality and character. So something a bit more rooted. Mm. More honest. Yeah, I would probably encourage myself to be more honest. With myself and with other people, I think. Yeah. Maybe, like I said, the the bullying thing, I'd I'd stand up against it a bit more. That's what I'd want to do. If I could go back, I'd want to stand up against it a bit more. Because I still did st stand up against it at the time, but not as much as I could have. Maybe I'd just, you know, like, if I witnessed it, I'd just be like, you know, like, stop this, that. But I should have probably taken a bigger stand to it than I did. That's probably one thing that would change. Standing up for what's right, especially especially when it's regarding or like involving someone that you're close to or a friend that I could that, that's a very difficult that's a very difficult situation and I feel like there are some memories that come to mind where I, I struggled to do that and um yeah man I think I think it comes back to your relationship with that person and like to what extent is it based on a genuine like I want to say love I know it's a powerful word but a genuine love and a genuine desire to, for that for them and for yourself to be the best versions of themselves in a way kind of like um yeah but it's, it's a difficult one man it's a, it's a difficult one in terms of character uh i would say <laughs> malik you answer that you, for me you, <laughs> you asked the question i answer it nah, malik, you answer that for me nah, okay, okay. You cut these pauses out. <laughs> <laughs> I would just say, 
more curious. I would say that's one thing that comes to mind. Just be a bit more curious. Be a bit more interested in things that you don't instantly like understand. Like, if there's mm. something you don't instantly understand or like uh, try to sit with it and ruminate with it a little bit and just yeah be open to that kind of stuff but that randomly reminded me of something yeah we went on a school trip one time in secondary school to fort park and i think this was year nine or year ten yeah and they took us into this room in fort park about how we make the ride so they were giving us a talk so it's kind of like a behind the scenes view of fort park and then the person at the front who's giving the talk was like to this class how they asked the question about why do you think we make the metal this particular color or something like that or they asked about like one of the properties of metal and everyone in the class knew the answer which was in metal expands in heat and i remember thinking how the hell does everyone know the answer to that like where did you learn that because that's not even in our curriculum yet (laughs) so i remember feeling so confused i was bro i just remember feeling so lost and dumb yeah because i was like bro how does first of all yeah <laughs> what has even asking us that question bro we're, we're barely even getting started on the course here <laughs> and everyone responded to it like in chorus like they knew the songs to they knew the words to a song bro like, i'm like bro what so yeah, yeah it made me think about like the idea of curiosity because i just remember thinking bro what the flip bro what's, what's the point like if these men are got that level of a head start yeah where they know about metal and <laughs> and how hot it is bro because what yeah just, that's all right man you had a good day after you went on the ride <laughs> <laughs> who cares about expanding <laughs> metal, bro? you're someone that's kind of i feel like it just makes sense that like your story kind of makes sense in a lot of ways like you did come to secondary school with a sense of with, with, a, with a level of maturity that was unparalleled or like that was ahead of a lot of people in our year and you've made a lot of adult decisions earlier than a lot of us like marriage your, deci- your decision to even do the apprenticeship and not go to university, that, that's a bit of a risk-taker decision because it's not the most traditional or conventional. But it's like, like, alhamdulillah, it's worked out very well for you and it, hopefully it will continue to do so. And I think, is there anything, like looking back at your time over the last, let's say, 10 years, is there any decision that you've made, like significant decision that you, that you are surprised with or that you feel like, maybe doesn't fit that pattern or doesn't fit that kind of, do you know what I mean, that trajectory? Um, not really, to be honest. Like mm. you said, I've made different decisions to other people, but I don't like regret those decisions or I don't feel like those decisions were out of my character. For example, the apprenticeship. I knew early on, like, you know, and this is, applies to so many kids in secondary school, they don't really know what they want to do with their life. Mm. They just follow what everyone else is doing. They go to secondary school, they do their A-levels, they go to university because that's what's expected of them or what the norm is in society. But for me, I knew I didn't want to go to university to study something that I wasn't interested in. Like, yeah, I, UCAS, we all applied, but I knew it's not something I wanted to do. So when Ratchet went to that, um, uh, when he worked with KPMG for a few weeks and got that experience and came back and he told me about it, he was like, yeah, it's sick. You know, it's like the office life. You do this, you do that. That's what intrigued me so much. I feel like I'm quite a, um, I don't want to say money motivated, but the way I thought about it was I would rather go straight into the working life, get paid, get experience, get a qualification, which is just as good, than go to uni and study something which I'm not really interested in 
or get a degree which I don't really need to get to go into the field that I want to go into. Do you know what I mean? And I'm not saying, I'm not saying obviously everyone should do that. Some degrees, you need to go to uni, you need to obviously get the degrees again to then go into the field. There's no way around it. But other things such as what I'm in, obviously audit, uh, uh, accounting, finance, you can just go straight into the working life. So that's the way I saw it. I was like, I'm going to get paid, get the experience, get the qualification. So this is what I want to do. And I convinced my mom. It took some time, but I convinced my mom, you know, like Daisy parents, they're like, no, nah, you got to go university, this, that. But when I told her everything about it, she was on board quite easily. She was very supportive of me. So Alhamdulillah, I did this and I'm happy with my decision. But obviously other factors come into it as well. I'm not saying it's all. The benefits are obviously the ones that I listed previously, but there's also cons like you want to go uni, you're going to have that social life, you're going to have those societies, you're going to make friends, you're going to do all of these things. Mm. You're going to have fun, essentially, as well as get a degree. When you go straight into the working life, you don't have as much of that. You still obviously, you meet people, you make friends, you go on socials and this stuff, but it's not the same as uni. So it just depends on the person. Some people might be like, you know what, I want to just get a head start on my career. Um, not a head start, but I just want to go straight into it. This that other people might be like, I want to go to uni, get a degree, also have fun a little bit, experience living out. Mm-hmm. I've never experienced living out before getting the degree, getting the job, and then going into the working life. So it's different for different people. There's pros and cons. I could talk about it all day, man. Yeah. And the other thing you mentioned mm. about um, getting married early, the way I see it, al- Alhamdulillah, again, Alhamdulillah, I did get married quite early compared to a lot of people. Um, the way I see it is if you meet someone, and this is, it, it also comes down to religion as well, obviously. So the type of person I am is, I met someone, liked her, we got along, talked talk to my parents about it straight away. They were like, you know, finish your education, be at a good position, and then we, you can get married. And I, the feeling was mutual, so as soon as I went into my apprenticeship, a couple of years in, Alhamdulillah, got married. I don't, I don't feel like it's out of my character. I feel like I did the right thing and I could talk about that all day as well, man, like the benefits and why I did it. Well, um, yeah. How has marriage changed you? <laughs> it hasn't changed me. <laughs> um, this is one of the things I want to talk about. People think you have to be so mature and your life has to be set for you to get married. You have to be rich. You have to have your own place. You have to have a house car this that it's not i feel like this is what everyone's built up to be it's not that deep honestly you like someone they like you you've got um the same beliefs same morals get married you can grow together do you know what i mean like i'd say the only i'd say the one thing obviously this comes down to religion for me as for me as well is you need to be able to provide for your wife um that's the one thing like financially you need to be able to provide for your wife but even that like it's it's not like you have to be super rich. Just if you're a working man, you can provide. You can provide, um, and like I said, you grow together in it. It's not like, she, like Medea, for example. She goes to university. She's building her life. I'm working. I'm building my life, and we're do- and we're doing it together. Like we're gonna grow together, and we're gonna be more successful together. Do you know what I mean? We're starting at the same time, and then we're gonna reach our goals at the same time. I think that's the beauty of it. It's not, whereas if you wait till you've reached your goals, then you get married, then you miss that whole journey and you've, in my, not not wasted, but you've you've missed out on all those years together mm. with the person 
with your other half, essentially. Quite deep. <laughs> That's my opinion. What do you guys think about it? I feel like the the audience they want us they want to they want to know what side of these views are. Chat to them, bro. After you take away, bro. Yeah, I mean, I agree, man. You're, you, one thing that's very clear is that you speak sense. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, love, I mean, you're just it's very logical, very, very like reasonable. I don't think anything that you mention is like disagreeable. Um, what I'd be interested to talk to you more about is like because I, I one one thing I know about you, and one thing I, I'm lucky to know your family, and um, I've met many of your family members. One person that comes to mind is your uncle, and I remember like we've had conversations about your uncle like a few times in the past and I know that he's had a very impactful kind of he's had big big influence on you and like he's yeah. someone that you look up to like t tell us a bit more about your uncle and like why do you look up to him and 100% so my my parents are separated so my mum raised me as a single mum and we used to in every single school holidays we always used to go up to Sheffield to stay with my uncle so he was sort of that man adult figure in my life who's there throughout my entire life. So whatever he used to teach me, and he used to teach me so much, man. Like every time he used to go, he used to teach me different, different things. Um, I probably don't remember all of them because he used to test me on them and I did not get it right. But obviously big moral, like mo things like loyalty, I feel like mainly has come from him. Like loyalty is a big thing, not in just relation, like husband, wife relationships, but family relationships, friend relationships, loyalty, you're always backing your boys, um, has come from him. That's one of the biggest things. He's been there all my life and he's taught me so many things I probably can't even, I won't, I'd be here all day if I had to talk about it. And, you know, he's given me so much advice. He's been there for me throughout my entire life. He's sort of raised me essentially because when you spend that much time with someone, like, you know, when it, I, obviously, it, I must have talked about him enough for you to realize that he was such an important person in my life, is such an important, important person in my life. So when you spend that much time with someone, they, they practically raise you and their beliefs sort of become your beliefs. Do you know what I mean? You learn from them. So is that's, that's what my uncle was, is to me. Is there a particular moment that comes to mind when you think about you and your uncle? Um, there are so many memories. Like when I was a kid, um, he used to take me and my brother gin hunting. <laughs> 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 he used to take us like to the closest like forest and stuff and we used to just do things like that obviously he knew there was no harm but me and my brother were like yeah we'll go home <laughs> we're, go we're gonna go on gins <laughs> do you know what I mean? um so there's that so many moments when we used to do crazy things like drive like he like he got he drove us around in like all nice cars we used to do things like he he bought us like a drone and like we used to fly the drone at the top of the hill. He used to tell us horror stories. We used to put all nighters together. Um, like one night we, we watched like three movies in the nighttime, me and my uncle, my brother, my sister. And then it in the morning it was snowing and then we went to McDonald's for breakfast. Like things like that. There's so many little memories like that, which is obviously important and come to mind when I think of my uncle. If I was to ask both of you, who, upon first impression, to a, to a random stranger, what do you think they would like describe you as, or like how you are as? I'd say inquisitive. I tend to ask questions and be interested in people's stories and like where they come from. So like inquisitive is something that I think 
Well, at least I hoped they would think. Well, First and foremost, <laughs> handsome. <laughs> <laughs> After that, um, probably similar to you, Solomon. Like inquisitive, get to know who they are, where they're going, what they're doing that day, um, where they come from. You know what? On the topic of like speaking to people on the tube, I've got a funny story. Um, well, it's kind of funny. Like that actually happened. Like happened. Kind of a similar type of thing happened to me last week, where I was sitting on the Piccadilly line going towards Hounslow East um, from like Kings Cross. So it was quite a long journey. Um, I was sitting on the sitting on the on the seat. Like an elderly couple come through. Obviously, like the social pressure. <laughs> but um, <laughs> no, no, that no, no, was my good character. My good character. Um, like I gave them the seat, sat down on the side. <laughs> couple sti- couple stops later, um, the seat opposite them became free. I was sitting on the seat, looking over at them. They were both reading the newspaper together. They were very old, like I'm talking 80s, like like this white British kind of like really elderly couple. They were laughing whilst reading the newspaper, and um, it was just it was just mad to see, like because I don't see I don't, I, mean, I like I, I don't. I I don't remember the last time I saw like an elderly couple, like an elderly yeah elderly couple like just just chilling and stuff in it. So I, I actually I actually um, grabbed their attention. I said, "What's the key to what's the key to success for your marriage?" In it, yeah. Um, and we got into a conversation, um, and bruv, like they were just telling me about their life, and it was just they. I think they really appreciated it. And the the guy at the end at the end of the conversation, he was like keep asking people questions keep being interested in people that's gonna that's gonna open up so many opportunities for you um and that and i feel like that yeah that's just i kind of left the i left the conversation on that point um yeah keep being interested in people so what did he tell you dad he said tolerance and mutual interests that's what's allowed them to be happily married for like 64 years he said um they got married he was 22 she was 18 he actually went to Oxford and he studied. I don't know what he studied, but he went to Oxford. Um, and he was like, yeah, I know a guy called Iqbal. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was in IT. <laughs> he was in IT. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, that's so cool. Yeah, man. yeah, So it was cool, man. Like, I don't ever do that. Like, I don't want to come across as if that's something I do often. It was probably the first time I've done it in years, bro. Like, I don't actually remember the last time I've spoken to someone on the tube. But for me, that kind of couple... I mean, yeah, that kind of couple just seeing that in front of me it was like you are a resource bruv do you know what I mean like you are like you know how hard it is to find people these days that are like married and happily married for for like so many years yeah yeah so yeah especially because yeah, yeah just yeah mm. so just something that happened in it so I thought I'd share it wow that was a good story man that was so interesting yeah we'll talk about afterwards innit <laughs> we'll talk about afterwards some things are not for the fun um Zishan, has there been, or what, what would you say has been like the one moment in your life that has contributed most to who you are? You know, that's a hard, hard question, man. Because it's not, it's not one moment which makes you who you are. It's so many moments, isn't it? So to pick one moment is really, really difficult, man. I don't think I've got one moment. I've got loads of little moments you know Solomon actually told me last night he was like you know these are some of the things we talked about and then your voice note today as well like turning points do you know what I mean so I was thinking to myself what turning points have there been in my life 
and I, I was just coming up with so many unserious answers <laughs> to this serious question. So I'll share those first. Yeah. And maybe <laughs> maybe I'll share with some serious <laughs> ones as well. First and foremost, I was two years old and I took my own nappy off. I was just walking out of my mom's room and I managed to take my own nappy off. This is my earliest memory ever. I was running out, pulled the Velcro off and it was in my hand. And I was like, oh my days, I just took my nappy off. That's number one. <laughs> <laughs> you were capable, you're your, your agency. You were able that. to do so much. Things changed That's after good. that day. Um, <laughs> number two, I was probably five years old. I was playing in, I was born in Belgium. So in Belgium, in a little house, I was playing football with like a bouncy ball in the living room. I kicked it, it hit the clock. Really nice clock. Clock fell, clock broke. I'm thinking, actually, no, I didn't think nothing. I was straight away, I was like, oh my days, I've done something wrong. I need to go tell my mum. Because honest kids are good kids. Honest kids don't get punished. I went to my mum. I was like, mum, grab the hand. In an excited way, sort of. Yeah, it was really weird. <laughs> took her, took her to the living room. I showed her the clock on the floor. I was like, mum, the clock on the floor. I broke, I was playing football. I'm sorry. Ta! <laughs> Ta! <laughs> I remember after that slap, I was like shaking a little bit. <laughs> five years I'll old. I'll never be an honest again. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, five years old, I was like, gonna have to start lying a little bit now. <laughs> start breaking a little, break some things. That's another one of my earlier memories. Um, up until that day, I'm pretty sure I always told the truth, by the way. So that's, that's another memory, which I was thinking of when you said turning points in your life. More recently, I would say... A t not really a turning point, but I was talking uh, talking to you guys about it when we went after go karting the other day. So, the you have to really, really appreciate your family and your friends that are with you right now. And it's easy to say, really, really easy to say, like, yeah, I got family, I appreciate them. I got friends, I appreciate them. I was the same, yeah. But when you lose someone then who's close to you and you didn't spend enough time with them, then you really, really start to appreciate the people around you. So that's what happened to me. Recently, obviously, my father passed away, Salman knows. Um, may he rest in peace, for those from my. Um, he re recently passed away, and my parents were separated, so I never really, growing up, spent that much time with my dad. <coughs> still loved him, still, obviously, he was my dad. I used to see him every now and again, but nowhere near as much as I should have seen him. Obviously, he was in Pakistan for so many years, but then he came and he lived, I live in Slough, he lived really close, probably in central Slough as well, but I never used to see him as much as I should. Never, ever, ever, man. Me, my brother, and my sister. My sister knew my dad way more because she was obviously a lot older. Me and my brother weren't as close, but we still loved him. We knew he was our dad. We've got so many memories from childhood. But <coughs> the other day, I was just in the living room and I was on WhatsApp and I accidentally must have typed Papa or something, yeah? And I saw our conversation, so I clicked on our conversation and I was scrolling through and literally 90% of our conversation was just him messaging me saying, come see me, come spend some time with me. And I would, a lot of the times, obviously I'd be like, yeah, and then I'd go see him or after school in the high street, we'd meet up and we'd chill for a bit because he was local. He's been in Slav for so many years. I could have literally seen him every day of my, of my life if I wanted to. Um, and there was one particular message which I read and uh, I felt so horrible, but I was probably crying and I was probably crying for so long in the living room there. Um, and this is really recent. I read it. He was like, come see me. Oh, and actually, this is a different message is, you know, come read Eid Namaz with me in 15 years. You've never read Eid Namaz with me. 
um, I was like, Khan, I'm in Sheffield. Do you know what I mean? But then, alhamdulillah, I did manage to read Eid Salah with my dad um, before he passed away. But yeah, the one message which made me feel so bad and so guilty was, come spend some time with me. You've not seen me in a long time. Um, and I, I replied saying, I can't, I've got exams, so I've got to work, but I'll see you another time. And he was like, so what's more important, like your exams or your dad? But obviously I knew he said that because he was just feeling bad and he missed me, but I was like, you know, exam you're, obviously you're important, but I've got exams. When I pass my exams and I'm successful in the future, I'll be able to look after you. That's what I said, yeah? And future's here, I'm not successful, I'm still obviously whatever, 20 years old. He's passed away. I never got the opportunity to look after him or, you know, shower him with everything that he wanted in life, look after him, get him a house, this, that, because obviously Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had different plans. And um, it, that really made me think that I wish, you can always think of the future, obviously I'm going to look after you when I'm, when I'm rich, I can do this, when I'm this, I can do that. But you that made me really, 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 really appreciate the people around me. Like my mum, I'll never take my mum for granted. Sometimes I just look at her and I think, I need to like appreciate this moment that you're here. I need to make you happy now in the ways that I can, not think about how I'm gonna make you happy in the future. Same with my friends, my family, everyone, man. So that really, really made me um, think to myself that I need to start appreciating these people a lot more. And I don't think you can ever really grasp it until you lose someone you didn't appreciate enough. How would you describe your relationship with your dad? So, in Belgium, obviously, uh, my first five years of my life, I was born in Belgium, spent five years there. I was with my dad the whole time. I've got so many, I've got memories in Belgium of, you know, my parents weren't separated at the time. So I've got good memories with my dad. Never, never, I've not got, I've got loads of good memories. Yeah. My relationship with my dad was he was so like generous, so so kind, so kind. Like he never every time I did come go to see him, he never let me leave without like getting me food or giving me money or something like that. He was so generous, so kind and although I didn't spend a lot of my life with him, I know he loved me so much and I loved him too. Love him. Uh, yeah. Um that was a good, good relationship. In what ways would you say you're, you're similar? My nose. <laughs> <laughs> this is my dad's nose. Um, in what ways would I say we're similar? Um, hard. It's hard. Obviously, um, he was, I'd like to think, I don't think I'm as generous as he was, to be honest. I don't think I'm, he was really, really generous. And I, although I think I'm quite generous, he was next level generous and so kind and like, really, you know those people who are just so like, genuinely kind, simple, generous, like from the bottom of their heart. Whereas, obviously I think I am too, but not, not to that level, so, but. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, there's limits. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, there's no limits. But that was his. <laughs> um, he was funny when he he was very funny. My dad was funny, and obviously I'm jokes. So <laughs> 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 
I think we're similar in a lot of ways, but it's hard to say what ways because there's just so many qual- You can't just say he was competitive, I'm competitive, he was funny, I'm funny. There's not any there's not any big things, but in a lot in a lot of little ways we were very similar. Mm. You know what I find interesting? It's it's not a tension, it's just like um a balancing act. That's how I would describe it, between your desire to like provide for your family and provide for your loved ones and obviously accumulate wealth in the process because that's very helpful and to do that to do that thing but at the same time appreciate them whilst they're here and like that balancing act between wanting the best for their future but also wanting the best for their present like how how would you like how do you think that your your recent experience with your father and like your recent reflections how do you think that's shaped your idea of success and like your vision for the future and like what you think is a successful life um a successful life is different for a lot of people for me it's always been the same like i've had this dream ever since i was a kid i mentioned it earlier in this podcast was to obviously have close friends brothers be super close to my family always uh, but at the same time be be wealthy one day inshallah um to be able to look after them so that we can have a comfortable life and not just look after my family then go to other other places around the world and look after them like there's nothing more one thing i would say is the most the feeling which makes you feel the happiest is doing things for other people even if it's something little you do something for your boy which is selfless but you feel so happy so imagine doing that, but at a larger scale, helping people who really, really, really need help. That's why that's my dream, because that feeling that it gives you, unbeatable, bro. I've checked the YouTube analytics, <laughs> and it shows that less than 50% of you <laughs> are subscribed. So if you enjoy watching these videos, if you enjoy these podcasts, then please subscribe. More's coming. Obviously, not better than this podcast. <laughs> No one really better than me, but <laughs> more's coming. <laughs> <in the audience. laughs> My brother, love.